0: On Thursday,
1: I got up early. I made muffins for my son, had a couple cups of coffee, and I was having a quiet domestic morning. And then, at 7.23 a.m., Elon Musk tweeted. It was one line, no punctuation even. It said, I made an offer. And there was a link to the securities filing where Musk proposed buying Twitter and taking it private. So I scrapped the workday I had planned and got Felix Salmon on the line. Felix is the host of Slate Money, and he's the chief financial correspondent at Axios.
2: Hello, Felix Salmon. Good morning, Lizzie O'Leary.
1: Welcome to All Elon, All the Time.
2: We thought we could get away from him, but we were wrong.
1: Our show last Friday was all about Elon Musk buying a roughly 9% stake in Twitter and maybe joining the company's board. After that show aired, Twitter CEO Parag Agrawal announced in a note to his employees that no, Musk would not be joining the board after all. The note ended by saying there will be distractions ahead, but our goals and priorities remain unchanged.
2: This is the worst case distraction for Parag Agrawal and anyone trying to concentrate on doing their jobs at Twitter because this is the mother of all distractions.
1: You know, I admit at the time I was skeptical of the scenario of Elon Musk attempting to buy the whole company. Um, You were not. You said something very prescient last week, which was, everyone knows that if Elon wants 9.2% of Twitter, what he really wants is 100% of Twitter. Congrats on being right.
2: Honestly, I I wasn't convinced he was going to make a bid for the whole thing. I know... That it sounds prescient, but there's a difference between wanting 100% of Twitter and actually trying to put funding together to spend $43 billion on Twitter, which even if you're Elon Musk is a non-trivial amount of money.
1: Several hours after he announced that he was trying to take over Twitter, Musk told an interviewer during a TED Talk, where else, that he was unsure about whether he could pull this off, but that he wanted to try because he sees Twitter as a kind of public square.
0: It's important to the function of democracy, Um, it's important to the function of uh, the United States uh, as as a free country and many other countries, and to help — actually to help freedom in the world. —
1: Today on the show, what does Elon Musk really want with Twitter? Is this a genuine bid to mold the social network in his image? Or does he want to have a little fun, make some money, and walk away? I'm Lizzie O'Leary, and you're listening to What Next TBD, a show about technology, power, and how the future will be determined. Stick with us. I wanted Felix to set the table for us a little bit, especially for people who have not been following Elon Musk's every tweet. How did we get from last week to here?
2: Okay, that's relatively understood. Not simple, but it's understood. First, Elon buys a large chunk of Twitter stock, makes an SEC filing saying he has no strategic goals whatsoever. He's just a passive investor. Then... Very shortly thereafter, he changes his mind saying, well, there is a strategic goal and actually I'd like to join the board. Jack Dorsey, the co-founder, says, I've been trying to get him on the board for ages. Parag Agrawal, the CEO, says, it's going to be great having Elon on the board. But then as part of the process of getting him on the board, literally the day he was meant to join the board, he sends him a letter saying, eh, never mind, I don't want to join the board after all. I think he persuaded himself that being on the board would not be enough. And what he Hmm. really needed to do was own the company. So he said, nope, because according to the board agreement, he couldn't make a bid if he was on the board. So he decided not to join the board. And this is the other shoe dropping.
1: Why does Elon Musk want to buy Twitter?
2: Am I allowed to say billionaire whimsy?
1: I think you can say that. Yeah.
2: When you're a billionaire, the world doesn't work the same way that it does with everyone else. He has 200 and some billion dollars. Why not? It's a toy. He gets to play with it.
1: I want to read from his securities filings because I I found this little part interesting. He says, "I invested in Twitter as I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe and I believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy." However, since making my investment, I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve this societal imperative in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. Help me unpack this a little bit. Do, do, you, do you believe this statement about free speech as he sees free speech?
2: I believe that he believes it. I, I don't think he's being disingenuous here. He sees the way that Twitter has been approaching abuse on the platform and the way that it's beefing up moderation and the way that it's happier to suspend people and ban people as all being bad things. He knows that there were a lot of calls for him, Elon Musk, to be banned a few years ago. I was one of the people who was who were making those calls Hmm. back when he was harassing a bunch of journalists, calling people paedophiles, that kind of thing. So he would love to see a much more laissez-faire Twitter. And he thinks, I think he might even be right in thinking this, that there's no way we're going to get a much more laissez-faire Twitter so long as it's a public company with a broadly diverse board and so on and so, so forth.
1: Musk outlined his vision of Twitter in broad strokes in his TED interview on Thursday.
0: Uh, my, my strong intuitive sense is that uh, having a public platform that is maximally trusted um, and and, 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 and broadly inclusive um, is extremely important to the future of civilization.
1: He got a pretty sympathetic reception from the TED audience and from certain sections of the internet. Do you think, looking at the the reaction from people on the right, um, there was a lot of praise. Megyn Kelly, Nigel Farage, Dinesh D'Souza, they're all saying, yay, congratulations. What, what do you think they see in, in Elon Musk or or what he has said about Twitter that's making them so happy?
2: I think reading between the lines, the big thing that they see is that if this is a freedom of speech network where anyone can say anything, then the first thing he does is he allows Trump back. Hmm. And they know that Trump is likely to be the Republican nominee and that he gets a huge amount of benefit from Twitter. And that if Trump is allowed back on Twitter, then that's going to help their electoral chances in 2024.
1: Does being a private company change that at all? Does it it make it more likely that he could do whatever he wants in that way?
2: It's, I think, the only way that he can do whatever he wants in that way. Owning 9.2% of Twitter certainly does not give him the ability to bring Trump back. Owning 100% of Twitter certainly does.
1: So let's go through the steps that it would take, let's rely on your longtime money expertise. He has made this offering to you know, buy these outstanding shares. What happens?
2: So now it's up to the board. The board has received an offer with extremely vague funding contingencies. You know, when you're selling a house and you get all of these offers and some of them saying like, I'm waiving a financing contingency and the other ones are saying, I will buy the house, but only if I can get a mortgage. Elon's basically saying, I'm offering this, but only if I can get a mortgage. Hmm. He, he's not being at all clear where he expects to find this money. So it could all fall apart at that point. The board is going to want to see a credible financing package lined up. But assuming that he has a credible financing package lined up, which is a big assumption, then the board is going to say, do we think that $54.20 per share is a good price for the company? Is it? It was a lot higher than that, just as recently as October. And Elliott Associates is this activist investor who bought at about that level, and they're going to want to make a profit. But let's say that they say yes. If they say yes, then basically that's the deal done. The board says yes, Elon Musk raises the cash, and then everyone who has Twitter shares wakes up the following morning with no Twitter shares and with $54.20 per share in cash instead.
1: And what happens to regular old users if that if that's the case? Do you think people turn
2: away? Do they care? People care, but it's far from clear where they're gonna to turn to. I mean, they're not gonna to go to truth social. One of the reasons why Twitter has lasted as long as it has is because it's Twitter. There's no other alternative to it, really.
1: Even though it's a small company, it's nowhere near, you know, the size of Facebook, or anything like that.
2: Well, it's a huge company. It's worth, according to Elon Musk, $43 billion. It has hundreds of millions of users around the world. And it has outside and it punches above its weight in terms of public impact. The only way in which Twitter is a small company is if you're comparing it to Facebook. Like in any other context, it is I guess it's
1: the punching above its weight part that I'm getting at. Because you're right. There is no other option.
2: And yeah, it... Trying to sort of orchestrate a mass exodus from Twitter would be practically impossible. There's a huge amount of lock-in effect. But yeah, if Elon owns Twitter, he can, if he gets pissed off at a journalist, he can just ban that journalist. No recourse, you know? If he wanted, like, his own tweets to be in a bigger font, if he wanted everyone on Twitter to automatically be following Elon, like, he could do any of that.
1: Mark Cuban posited an, an interesting theory, which of course he posted on Twitter, um, that if Elon sells, then some other company like Facebook or Google would would step in and try to buy Twitter. Um, that certainly seems like something the board might be more likely to go for. They they do have a fiduciary duty here, um, you know, vis-a-vis the the Elon offer. What do you think?
2: I think there is zero chance mm. that. Google or Facebook or any large tech company would ever be able to buy Twitter. We there is tell just me why. No, no way, given the Biden administration's antitrust stance and the general anti-tech opinions in Washington, no one is going to even try that one. It would obviously be a monopolistic, anti-competitive move, and there's just no way.
1: When we come back, what could happen if the board says no way?
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Felix was right last week that Elon Musk wanted to buy Twitter. So I asked him to do some more predicting for me, lay out the likely scenarios as he sees them.
2: So the first thing that happens is that the Twitter board rejects the offer. They say that it doesn't fully value Twitter, that, you know, a la JP Morgan, there is more upside from something, something, product, something. Then the ball is back in Elon's court. He can stick around with his 9.2%, he can sell his 9.2%, or he can raise his ostensibly best and final bid and try and sweeten it somehow. My guess is that probably he dumps his stock, makes 800 million dollars profit on buying low selling high and walks away
1: yeah let's say this whole thing falls apart and, and he and he does walk away like what's the upside for elon
2: there many hundreds of millions of dollars is the upside assuming that he can sell roughly at the price that twitter is trading at right now which is a generous assumption maybe he can't but realistically he is going to be able to sell his stake at a price significantly higher than he bought it for and so that's a nice short term capital gain for him
1: is this all some elaborate pump and dump
2: i mean maybe he maybe it is you know he can do it with dogecoin why not do it with twitter
1: jp morgan seems to agree with you by the way they they said that The shares have significantly greater upside if management is able to execute on its plan to innovate on product, grow the user base 20%, and build out direct response advertising. Um, They don't don't think this is going to be accepted by the board. And yet here we are talking about it. This is the thing about Elon Musk. It's really hard to tell if he is making serious corporate offers or doing billionaire whimsy
2: when you're elon i don't think there's a difference you you, you kind of don't know whether he's a superhero or a supervillain right and he kind of like switches back and forth between the two one minute he's iron man and the next minute he's the green goblin so we don't we don't he's, he seems to be in goblin mode right now like he literally put out a tweet saying he was in goblin mode and i think we can take that at face value What that means, we don't really know, but he's causing mischief, and he loves doing that. Hmm.
1: That seems not great. Like, is it healthy for one man to have so much influence over over the markets and, and the way we think about, you know, these great big companies?
2: Deeply, deeply unhealthy. Right now, the most powerful billionaire in the world is probably Mark Zuckerberg, because he controls... Facebook which is this you know the by far the largest social network in the world and also owns Instagram and WhatsApp but if Elon were to buy Twitter and it had control of a social network which is basically responsible for having elected Trump the last time around and if on top of that he also continues to control Tesla and SpaceX Then he would be giving Zuckerberg a run for his money, and he is much more prone to flexing his muscles Hmm. than Zuckerberg is. He likes going out on Twitter and just saying, hey, guess what? I have all this power. I can troll people. I can do things like make $43 billion offers for Twitter just because I... You know, I'm bored this morning. And it does seem wrong that there's no checks and balances there. There's no accountability there. He can just do whatever he likes.
1: Felix Salmon, thank you very much. Thanks, Lizzie. Felix Salmon hosts Slate Money and is the chief financial correspondent at Axios. That is it for the show today. TBD is produced by Ethan Brooks. We're edited by Tori Bosch. Joanne Levine is the executive producer for What Next? And Alicia Montgomery is the executive producer for Slate Podcasts. TBD is part of the larger What Next? family. It's also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. We will be back on Sunday with another episode. I'm Lizzie O'Leary. Thanks for listening.